All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That'll get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Find them on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. They have got you covered for all of your trading card needs, whether it be the Pokemon, the Yu-Gi-Oh!, the Magic, the hockey cards, the basketball cards, any type of cards, they have got you covered at Zephyr Epic. So go and check them out at their retail location out in Surrey, as well as ZephyrEpic.com. The best part about Zephyr Epic is that they ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50 from... You cue it to Uranium City. Uranium City, Saskatchewan. It doesn't really have as much fun. I'm doing this by myself. Chris Faber here, by the way. Uh, from you cue it to Uranium City. Let me talk about Uranium City for just a minute. After reaching a population of 2,507 in 1981, the closure of the mines in 1982 
led to an economic collapse with most residents of the community leaving. Yeah, not not great news over there in Uranium City. Actually, not a lot of people living there right now. The population, only 73, and that was back in 2016. It has been dropping. Uh, Uranium City, one of the bordering towns of Saskatchewan to the Northwest Territory. So it is up north there in Saskatchewan. The local hospital closed down in the spring of 2003. It's kind of awkward talking about a city that's going downhill without uh, somebody to react to it as well. That's right. Uh, I am by myself today. We're going to do, be doing a mailbag episode. Appreciate the 50 plus questions uh, that came in on Twitter that I asked for. Needed some help from listeners, followers of the show, and you guys came through big time for me. So uh, we have a variety of questions here, some hockey questions, some food questions. I've seen one about Nickelback in there. We'll get to all of that in this mailbag episode. But first, another awkward ad read here as we talk about the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. This is weird doing it by yourself. You can use promo code CONVODD, capital C's, capital D's. That's CONVODD, all one word. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. It does not get much better than that. It says here in the script, but it does. I tell you, I just used the 50% off, had a chicken burger the other day, and it was absolutely excellent. It's like the summer of Dash Pass, man. That's that's the thing. You get the Dash Pass. I know you got to use our promo code. Quads always says you got to use the promo code the first time you use it. But after that, that's when you start hitting these uh, these summer of dash passes. But 25% off on your first order if you use our promo code CONVODD. Shout out to the good folks over there at DoorDash. My name is Chris Faber, as I mentioned earlier. I can hear from my apartment where I'm recording this, the concert that David Quadrelli is at right now. Uh, as they are bumping some music, I don't think you'll be able to pick it up on the other side of this microphone as you're listening to this, wherever you are listening to this. We appreciate you tuning in to the Canucks conversation. As I mentioned, we're riding solo today on a mailbag episode, so I can't really just like joke around with myself about things that have happened this past week. I've been I've been hooked on Grey's Anatomy. I've talked about that a little bit on Twitter. Uh, my fiance has got me into it, and I tell you, it is it is a addicting show for anyone who has tried it. If you haven't tried it, I don't recommend it because it's very addicting. Uh, so much drama. That in Jersey Shore. I'm back on the Jersey Shore. I think I've watched like almost the first two seasons now. Just some of the trashiest TV you'll ever see. So I, I don't really have anyone to react to that. So I hope that uh, hope that didn't come across as weird. We're doing this thing solo. I have never done a solo show here. This is 289 on the Canucks Conversation. I have had someone join me on every single episode prior to this. Uh, or Quads has had someone join him. We've never actually had a solo episode. So this is going to sound a little bit different. Quads is on vacation still. He'll be back next week. And uh, if you can hear from the, the tone of my voice, I, I am excited for that. One of the questions from the mailbag is from Quadrelli. He says, how badly do you miss Quads? I didn't very much until I started doing the solo podcast. But uh, I do miss him a little bit at this point. But I know he's enjoying that concert down there. I can hear them uh, just getting to when you were young, it sounds like, from the bass that I'm hearing bumping through the windows. Shout out to the killers. Uh, as Quads is checking them out. So, without further ado, let's just dive right into the mailbag. Like I said, we got so many questions. Really appreciate everyone coming through here to help me at least get one episode of content out. I'll be honest, man. Like we've been in the off season here, especially at this time. Like it felt like there was a decent amount of news around free agency, uh, around the draft. Like it felt like there was a lot of things to talk about, but it, things have slowed down. So we might have to mix in some more of these mailbags before we get to uh, the prospects development camp, the young stars camp. I mean, uh, that's what we're going to have on September 16th. Very excited to get to Penticton for that. And then after that, we're really ramping up. So uh, I'm excited for hockey season, but we got a mailbag to get into. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. All right, let's get started with our first question here on the mailbag. And you know, we're going to start with an AHL one, of course, starting with our first question from at the moderate CNK on Twitter. The question is, does Klimovich get under or over 10 goals this AHL season? So if we look back at the last season that Daniela Klimovich played in, he played in 62 games as a 18 year old who turned 19 during the season. He scored eight goals primarily used in kind of a fourth line role. He was getting a little bit more ice time later in games when they were either winning or losing by quite a bit. Also got some time on the second power play unit, but it's not like that was was really even consistent either. Like there were times where 
where Klimovich just was not getting time on the power play just simply because, unfortunately for him last year, like as good as his shot is uh, in practice and in warm-up and everything, like when you see him getting time and space and no pressure on him, like his shot's incredible, but it was kind of a struggle last year for him to kind of put it all together in game action. And, and listen, like the kid's 18 years old, right? Like he, there's not a lot of players doing that in the AHL. There was literally just him last year playing that many games as an 18-year-old kid who was just drafted like, let, let's not forget, like, he was drafted in the 2021 NHL entry draft. Like, he was just selected at the last year's draft. And to think that he was a second-round pick who jumped right into the AHL felt like a... Like, I, I feel like there could have been opportunities for him to go to Major Junior, play in the QMJHL, build his confidence for sure. But I also think that there's a, there's a degree of him building his confidence playing in a pro league in North America. I mean, this is a guy who came from Belarus and and probably didn't have like the best actual coaching and teaching him how to do things correctly in the defensive zone. And I think that showcases itself uh, in his play that he had last year in the AHL. And I think moving forward with a new coach out there and Jeremy Carlton, like he's going to have to be the one who who kind of drills it into to Klimovich's brain now that he needs to be a lot more committed in the defensive zone. He needs to be a player that can be relied upon defensively. He's just like, he, he's got a lot of offensive skill, but his offensive skill isn't at the level that he's just going to be able to become an NHLer from there. There needs to be part of his game that's rounded out. But to answer the question, 10 goals, he's coming off a season where he had eight. I, I felt like there was so many times where the puck just didn't bounce his way or he didn't get good luck. Like he, he rarely had a lucky bounce that went in for him. Uh, so I'm going to go over. Like if I had to predict how many goals I, I expect Klimovich to play, I'd expect him to play in 60 plus games in the AHL next year. Uh, for people that think he might have a chance of playing NHL games next year, that's not going to happen, uh, especially with more depth out there in Abbotsford. Like they're, you know, even if you want to look down the list, like Linus Carlson, Phil DiGiuseppe, Sheldon Dries, like these guys will be playing NHL games before Klimovich. I, I think he might still be two years away from even sniffing the NHL. But I think he scores more than 10 goals for sure. I think he's a player that that should be more consistently on the power play this coming season. And I think he'll be a guy who might be able to sniff a little bit more top six than he did last year if he's able to put a few things together and look more consistent because the kid's just a teenager, right? Like there's there's a lot of room for him to build on his consistency. Uh, and I'm excited to see him grow next year in Abbotsford. I think he'll start on kind of like a third line role. But by the end of the season, you want to see him being in Abbotsford top six and being one of the scorers that they... They want to believe in. I think the organization wants to believe in him. Uh, and, and obviously, whatever they do out in Abbotsford this year is going to be another step in the right direction for his development. Or it could be a step back if it's not worked on correctly. So, interesting story to follow. Uh, as, as a player who's so young, he is kind of like one of the biggest stories. And, and I think this year, from what I've heard anyways, from talking to some of his, uh, his camp and some of the players around Abbotsford, is we should be able to actually interview Danila Klimovich next year, which is exciting. I know his English has improved quite a bit from living here and also staying here throughout the summer. So so I'm kind of excited to just see, like, get his thoughts on certain things. I know we, we were able to talk to a lot of players out there last year, and a lot of them kind of said the same thing, like how difficult it is for a kid his age to jump into that league and really be able to adjust and at least play in 62 games. Like, there was definitely some ups and definitely some downs, but I'm, I'm super excited to just be able to ask him, like, see what his thoughts are on it uh, and just kind of get his perspective because we never really got that last year. So that being said, let's move on to the next question here. All right. Our next question here is from Owen underscore TC. The question is, I know with COVID the last few years, the media situation has made contact with players very limited, but have you received any good chirps from the players? Anybody give you a hard time or just make fun a little, or has the comfort level been removed with Zoom interactions? And this is a really interesting question question for the spot that I've kind of been in where, you know, three, four years ago, I didn't have access to the media. I didn't have access to the players. Uh, and I know quads is in the same boat as this. Everything that we've kind of done started through zoom during the pandemic season. We, we still haven't been able to, you know, aside from the Botchford project where we were actually able to go in and chat with a player in the locker room, we haven't had that opportunity to even like explore that as a media member to be able to, you know, pick someone up from the side in the locker room that's not really doing a main availability and just ask them questions. And I think that's what we hear is it's trending that direction for next season. Uh, I'm speaking with people from the PHWA, uh, which is the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Um, it sounds like we are going to get back to that, even even in Canada as well, because I know the United States, I think, moved back to that anyways. Uh, we are expecting that next year, and I think that's going to make a big difference for us being able to write stories, tell stories, uh, and maybe be chirped as well. I know 
personally, just through the Zooms, I think uh, Adam Gaudet was probably the one that we had a, a half-decent back and forth with anyways. I know we played a little bit of uh, Call of Duty Warzone uh, with him back in the day, and I know the... Uh, you know what? I'll play the clip. I thought this was... I've put this together on uh, on my Instagram here, so I'll just play the clip back uh, of the interaction with Adam Gaudet talking about... Uh, I, I think it was coming off of a game where... I asked him, I think, about scoring chances first off because he was one of the highest in the league at the time uh, at creating individual scoring chances. Then the second clip, I believe, is from him winning a shootout. Uh, this is still when he was with the Vancouver Canucks. Okay, we'll take our last one here from Chris Faber. Hey Adam, uh, just got a question for you. Moving to the wing, you've now become one of the top of the NHL at creating scoring chances. Obviously, the goals haven't come as much as you want to probably hope for, but Moving to the wing, what's it really done for your game offensively? Has it, uh, has it kind of opened up things offensively for you? Well, Fabs, I'm surprised it wasn't a war zone question with you. Um, yeah, next- <laughs> One week later. Okay, next up we'll go to Chris Faber. Adam, uh, after so many second-place finishes in Verdansk this offseason, did it feel good to clutch up for the squad tonight? <laughs> yeah, it felt great. Uh, you know, for, first career uh, shootout goal, um, you know, and, and it was a winner. Um, you know, obviously got to give credit to Demmer for, for locking it down back there. But, yeah, that, that felt really good. Uh, so that was pretty fun. I mean, uh, Adam Gaudet, you can say what you want about him and how he's, his time played out here in Vancouver. He was one of the, uh, I thought, better people for social media for the Canucks and even in the game of hockey for him to be out there. Uh, took a little bit of a left turn with the uh, crystals and stuff, so I won't comment too much on that. Uh, but out in Abbotsford, we had a lot of fun. We were able to, you know, a lot of the time I was the only media member out there at practice and uh, at games as well. So there was more of a relationship kind of built there. I know, you know, remember having some fun with Jet Wu because he came out with a yellow Gatorade and I was thinking like nobody drinks yellow Gatorade by choice. And uh, that was his favorite Gatorade flavor. So that was one that was kind of rare uh, and a little bit of fun. Uh, chatting with uh, with Vinny Arsenault was incredible. I know that uh, I wrote the story for the AHL.com uh, and we talked about fishing and I, that was, you know, 20 plus minutes probably talking to Vinny Arsenault about lobster fishing and him diving uh, to, to catch lobsters that way and just like explaining how much he loved uh, the deadliest catch TV show and stuff like that. And then he was a lot of fun. And then I think throughout the season, uh, dealing with Will Lockwood and Jack Rathbone so much, both of them uh, are just great people to deal with. Uh, and even kind of other things like uh, away from hockey, chatting with Will about just Abbotsford living in BC and stuff. So not a lot of chirps back and forth, but uh, uh, definitely tried a little bit with Jet Wu and the uh, the Yellow Gatorade. So uh, a little bit of fun stuff, but I mean, I think I'm hoping that over the next little bit here, um, getting a chance to just be in the locker room, go up to some people, try and write different stories, that, that should be kind of an interesting one uh, to explore and kind of get that that realm of media that we haven't really experienced yet. So I'm I'm super excited to get back into the room and be able to talk to these players in that type of element. Next question comes from 604 Adam. Uh, what are the rules on fandom root for the city you were born in? You can change teams only up to a certain age or allowed to have another team. This is an interesting one. I, in my personal opinion, I think within a few years of really starting to like a sport, that's when you got to pick your favorite team. And I think you got to stick with them. Like you got to ride with that team for a little bit. I, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I I am a New England Patriots fan. And the way that I became a Patriots fan was it was actually the game with the tuck rule. And my friend Nate and I were watching and he's like, hey, I don't have a favorite team. And I was like, I don't have a favorite team either. Let's pick them in this game. And I said, you can go first. And he's like, well, I'm picking the Raiders. The Raiders are cool. Like this was, you know, early 2000s. And it was uh, it was a pretty big deal to like the Raiders were still like a very good team at the time. Uh, and so he picked the Raiders and I said, OK, I'll, I'll do the Patriots. Patriots will be my team. And then. Uh, as you know from the NFL history after that, the Raiders went very much downhill as the Patriots went on to win Super Bowl after Super Bowl. So uh, I still ride with them. Like, they don't have Tom Brady anymore. I just I, I keep following them a little bit, but I think that's the way to go. It's it's tough to see people, like, just switch teams halfway through, or not even halfway through, just years into their fandom and just making a swap at that point. Uh, I'm against that. But, uh, let's get to our next question with that note. Uh, at Johnny Morgan. Uh, let's talk goalies. Uh, how about no, Johnny? We're not going to talk goalies on this episode. Um, just because just I don't want to. I don't even want to play the intro. I do kind of want to play the intro, but I'm not going to play it. I know uh, uh, Quads w- would like us to do that, and maybe I should have brought in someone like Kevin Woodley to come on this podcast with me, but I wasn't really feeling it this week. We're just going to ride with the mailbag. All right, let's get to our next one from Mule Aitken. 
Uh, best part of living in Grand Prairie. So I lived in Grand Prairie for about half a year. I uh, did a lot of work up there. I, I can't remember the best part about living in Grand Prairie. Probably the money, I guess. Like, you know, I my story with Grand Prairie was I, I was going to stay there for like almost, you know, a year at least. And I was going to see how much money I can make, stack up, then come back to to BC and be able to live a little bit more comfortably, maybe put a down payment on a house. So after six months or so of working there, uh, I came back for my birthday weekend, which was May long weekend. And I drove here. Um, I drove here from Grand Prairie. I came back and, uh, you know, had a great week of kind of vacation with my friends. And then I packed everything up in the car. I was ready to go back to Grand Prairie. I, I was actually like in the ferry lineup. I was just pulling up to the ferry lineup, about to get into the line, like pay for my ticket, go on. And I actually just like pulled a U-turn. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like I, I, I did not want to go back to there. Um, we had like kind of a, a get together at a friend's house where we were kind of, everyone was saying goodbye. Cause I was like, I'll be back in six months kind of thing. Uh, and I, I rolled back into that house and everyone went nuts. And that would have been like May long weekend. And that might've been one of like the best summers of my life at like 22, 23 years old type of thing. Uh, so that was a great decision. So maybe the best part about living in Grand Prairie was was leaving Grand Prairie. No offense. I know we have uh, a couple listeners out there in Grand Prairie as well, but uh, it, it was nice when I left. I'll say that might have been my favorite part. Our next question here from at Sean T4S. Uh, Sean's question is, I'm starting radio arts and entertainment at BCIT in September. How much did you enjoy it? And what's your best advice for someone going into the course? Um, so yeah, I just graduated, uh, geez, a few months ago here from BCIT in that exact same program. Sean, it, it's a great program for, for teaching you a lot of the basics of what you need to do to kind of get into this industry. Uh, be sure to focus on the things that they teach you that you need to build as your strengths, but also your weaknesses as well. I know personally going into the program, uh, one of the things I wanted to work on was kind of video editing uh, and, and working on that type of thing because that was a weaker part of my um, skills, I guess, when it came to the media realm. And, and that's something I really focused on when you're in those classes. But uh, a lot of good people and, and make sure to, to make a lot of friends in there because a lot of these people that you'll be in school with will, will end up being uh, working in media for years to come. So it's great to just make a lot of friends, find people that have similar interests to you. If you're a sports guy, as I can probably guess from your um, Vasily Pod Coles in black skate jersey, make friends with everyone else that has a, a black skate jersey in their profile picture. Uh, find people that you like uh, and, and you know make good friends here. Uh, it, it's a great program. BCIT is obviously very prestigious for putting out a lot of people that uh, go on to do big things. So yeah, have a lot of fun there. Uh, tell Brian I said hi uh, and enjoy Enjoy it, man. Like, that's the best thing. Try and take away as much as you can, but have as much fun as possible as well. All right, next question coming from T-S-K-C-O-B-F-D. That's softball. Uh, Two-part question, or I guess two different questions. Uh, Number one, why are you constantly needling Harmon about his fee? Give us a clue to what guests make for an appearance on Canucks Convo. Um, So not every guest gets paid on Canucks Convo. Harm is kind of a, a reoccurring one, and I think that's something that we... Uh, are pretty happy with you know it was kind of going to be like every second Friday show was kind of be the original thing but we liked having Harm in studio so much and uh, I think people that that do that type of thing regularly um, if I was in the same situation as Harm I would ask for compensation as well so uh, we, we we pay him a decent amount I think kind of basing the fees off of how much the show makes per year, kind of dividing it into episodes and then dividing it uh, kind of in like a half amount. So whatever we would normally make per episode, we would give about half of that to Harm uh, for the episode. I just feel like, you know, compensate him fairly. I, we love what uh, what Harm brings to the show. Um, so that's that's a clue. We won't say the exact number, but I think it's fair, uh, and it makes it worth Harm's uh, two hours of time. He gets paid nicely in those two hours uh, for when he does come on the show. I think it's more of a bit uh, making fun of, making fun of how much money he makes. Uh, you know, he takes home a nice little monthly check when he's in here, like five six times a month for sure. Uh, that's a nice little added bonus onto whatever he's making over there at the athletic. But uh, it's not ridiculous either way. I think we're both happy with how much uh, how much we pay him, and I think he's happy with how much he gets paid as well. Uh, so your second question, what does it mean that the Canucks may take their broadcast in-house? Um, so I guess we'll, we'll basically kind of just break it down what it would look like. Um, we've heard that some other sports teams have kind of done this where they would be controlling the broadcast through a streaming site in that type of way. They would have uh, the hosts of that show, whether it be the pregame or the postgame or the intermissions, uh, that would be people who are on the Vancouver Canucks' payroll and it's not like exactly they're going to tell them what to say, but I think you are going to hear a pretty positive 
um, spin on whatever's going on with the Vancouver Canucks. Listen, if they're down 3 nothing after the first period, they're not going to go out and say that this was a good period for them, but they're also not going to bury everyone. I think that's going to be the thing. You're not going to hear a single person, a person get kind of singled out and absolutely buried if it does go in-house. I, I can't see that happening, uh, depending on kind of who's going to be behind that. Like, I, I still could see... Um, this being what the radio broadcast kind of turns into for the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know if it happens this year, if it happens in the future, uh, but it, it is something that I mean, man, just, just looking at the way that, that radio is going, uh, this, this could be something that I think we'll absolutely see in the next five to 10 years. And, and like we've kind of heard the rumors of lately, it could happen sooner than later anyways. So uh, I, I'm curious to see how it goes, how it works, how it sounds. I mean, it, it is going to be very interesting to, to hear it like you can you can hear it i think in the states a lot uh, a handful of sports teams around the united states have done it uh, and from the people that i've talked to who have that with their with the team that they cover like it's not it doesn't ruin the experience for you it, it is going to be a little different for me I, i'd be curious to see if they yes they go in-house but do they also go on to a radio station as well because i do think that there are people who who you know when you're driving around it's nice to have the canucks game on right and i think some people don't want to use uh, a streaming site, whether it be through, you know, having to use data while they're driving around. I know a lot of people still don't have a lot of data on their phone. So that's that's something that could be interesting if they do get a chance to be on radio. I, I hope they do because uh, you want as many people able to take in the content from the Vancouver Canucks and, and be able to be invested on this team. I think when this team is at its best, it really does capture the city here of Vancouver and kind of capture the whole West Coast, to be honest. So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. I I, I hope that it stays at Sportsnet 650. I think um, I think they do a fine job of, of producing the game. I think the people behind the scenes do an excellent job. I think the it, it's a it's a good broadcast through and through. Like it, it is, and I think it's fair to a, to a certain degree. The post games have been you know up and down. You take the callers like that's a lot of fun, to, and to me that's like a, that's part of being a Vancouver Canucks fan. That's part of the fan experience in Vancouver. Uh, for the Canucks is is what you hear on the post games, like some of the regular callers who call in, some of the people who call in, you know, the, some of the legendary callers that you've had in a post game to talk about whatever it be after the game, like a big win, big loss. It's it's a lot of fun. Like that's some of the to me, like just talking about like the Canucks and the content. Like they don't, you know, this isn't the Vancouver Canucks who put out this content. It's Sportsnet six fifty uh, and you know ten forty in the past, but like. To me, it's it, that is some of the most fun stuff that you'll hear about the Vancouver Canucks because you hear takes from people that you know aren't on Twitter, and it's just some of the wildest takes from these people, these sunglass uncles, uh, and some of the takes they have are people with good takes as well. Like I, I remember even hearing last year. I think I, I was just listening to six fifty for it in the post game. Like it's like a seven year old kid calling in, and and that's fun to me. Like that's that's the really cool part of of what sports can be. I think, and I, I hope they don't lose that if they go in house. And I, I'd be curious to see how they kind of navigate going through that and still keeping you know post-game callers part of the show having people you know text in and have their actual opinions be read and heard I, I think it would be a little difficult going in-house but um, that that would be too bad like I, I would assume that you know people like rink wide have done it I think uh, even Sportsnet 650 would probably keep doing it like the post-game shows should live on uh, even if they don't have the rights I just don't know if they'll have as much I don't want to say like hype, but as much kind of oomph behind them, you know, with when you don't actually have the broadcast of the game, are you making that switch to radio right when the game ends so that you can listen to it? Uh, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't, my opinion is I don't think that they're going to go with it this year. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of smoke around it right now. They are going to go in house. I, I just think it's a lot to handle. And I think if it was actually happening, somebody in the media would be talking about it being really, a possible thing and it just doesn't feel like a lot of people that I've talked to uh, think that that's going to change this year like my expectation is to see uh, games be broadcast on Sportsnet 650 next season uh, and they'll have kind of the similar thing they've done for the past few years so uh, that's my take on it and kind of explaining broadcasting house I guess our next question here from at Sir Matt Hastings if you could ride any animal like a horse with the understanding the animal would be horse sized and not eat you what animal would you pick and uh, I saw this one before, so I've prepared a little bit. Most of these questions I haven't really prepared for, so um, this one I did. I, I would pick a cat because uh, I am a huge cat person. Uh, I want a pet cat so bad. Can't have one in this building, unfortunately, that I live in. Uh, but I'd love to be able to have a cat again. My I had a cat for 20 years. Uh, his name was Squirt. He was the biggest cat ever. He ran the block. He was a big, huge, fat, white cat. And I just picture if there was any animal I could ride as the size of a horse, it'd be Squirt. And I think... Uh, 
you know, <laughs> his his strength and, and size would be, you know, at that size, at, at horse size, especially like he would have no problem, you know, carrying me around as we went on trips. That would be, that would be incredible. I, I'd go with a cat, and I was I was trying to think of like another animal that might be a little bit more fun. Uh, I see you included the hamster uh, as well. I, I just, <laughs> I mean, that'd probably be a pretty soft ride, but uh, I'm gonna have to stick with a cat on this one. I think that would be the animal. Uh, that I would ride and knowing that it wouldn't eat me because I think if if my cat squirt was that size he would be danger you'd be an absolute danger to society okay our final question here comes from x caper reality uh, which is jl on twitter uh, what's the last thing you bought from amazon best buy or ikea so the last thing I bought on Amazon, I can remember quickly because it was uh, a pair of these just wired headphones that I'm actually wearing right now, trying out. I uh, just wanted like a, a $15 pair of half decent headphones. I've noticed that uh, some of my radio hits on Sportsnet 650 like haven't been great. Uh, just, you know, like I think the content's fine, but the, just like the audio quality through the phone hasn't been great. And I've kind of like not really enjoyed that. So uh, I thought I would switch to uh, something called clean feed, which is where they kind of like connect you through the computer. So hopefully my hits on uh, 650 start to sound a little bit better, but I needed wired headphones that I didn't want like the big over ear ones for. Uh, so yeah, that's my last Amazon from Best Buy. Oh man, I think the last thing I bought from Best Buy was a probably an Xbox controller. Like I think a, a handful of months ago, I bought a new Xbox controller just to, to rock with the Xbox. So that's the newest uh, thing from Best Buy. As for Ikea, the last thing I bought from Ikea was a TV tray that's uh, excellent. It's like uh, kind of shaped almost like a C. So like the bottom part goes underneath your couch while it like the top part kind of hangs over your couch. So that's a nice little setup. That TV tray is awesome. Gets used every single day. Um, and yeah, like almost, I think actually we were just talking about this, my fiance and I like every piece of furniture in this house, aside from, I think one thing is from Ikea. I think our couch is the only thing, uh, that we didn't buy from Ikea. So we went really hard when we moved into this new apartment here where I think she got rid of like everything that she owned for furniture. I got rid of everything I owned for furniture and, and we just went nuts at Ikea online and like went in there and picked up, had like the big dolly that you have to like roll everything on to get out to the car. And, and now it's an absolute mess getting everything in there. Uh, but yeah, pretty much everything that we have in here is Ikea. But the last thing would be that TV tray, which has been maybe the best thing that we have bought from there. Highly recommended. I feel like it was only like 30 bucks as well. Like it's so good, we might pick up another one to help kind of set up the uh, the podcast setup for the fall when we when we move to YouTube and having another little thing around here will be a lot of fun. So uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap uh, wrap up the first half of that. There we've gone for about thirty minutes. So we'll take a little bit of a break here. We'll play some ads, uh, and then on the other side, we'll just keep going with the mailbag. I'll, maybe I'll try and speed it up a little bit. We'll do some pretty quick. Uh, we'll bang out some quick ones in a row to start, uh, and then if we catch fire with a question, we'll kind of just. Uh, roll with it so we'll see what happens on the other side let's take a quick break keep it locked keep it loaded this is a solo mailbag here on the canucks conversation podcast jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Before we go any further into the episode, we have to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Montana's. Montana's is the barbecue expert in Canada. They smoke their ribs in-house every day, and then they sauce and fire grill them to order. Montana's legendary all-you-can-eat ribs promotion is on now, seven days a week until the end of summer. Come in for all-you-can-eat ribs and get Montana's messy to win weekly prizes. Chris, do you have a little Montana story for us? I tell you, go get the apple uh, butter barbecue sauce, the best sauce they got there. And listen, the ribs are great. Do the all-you-can-eat ribs. But if you're not in the mood for ribs, four cheese spin dip. They got an incredible spinach dip in Montana, as you know it. And you can find the barbecue sauce at the store as well. Take home a bottle with you. There you Apple go. butter barbecue. Excellent stuff. So be sure to go visit Montana's where they have certified smoke and grill masters doing all of the barbecuing with seven locations throughout British Columbia. Shout out Nanaimo. Including Nanaimo, British Columbia, Langley, Tawasin, Prince George, Victoria, Fort St. John, and Kelowna. Be sure to go check out Montana's Barbecue and Bar today. All right, and a big thank you to the sponsors of the Canucks Conversation. Could not do it without them. Also want to give a shout-out to the folks at Atlas Goods. Go check them out. The pork rinds, they are absolutely excellent. Learn more about them on our poll questions, which we do not have one for this week uh, because we're running in the mailbag. I don't want to sneak in a poll question into that. Uh, so we'll we'll just give a quick shout-out to our friends there at Atlas Goods. We'll have a great poll question next week when Quads is back off of vacation. All right, let's get to another question here from X Cape Realty again. Another question here from them. Uh, classic HR interview question. What are your career goals for yourself and Canucks conversation in the next five years? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think for Canucks conversation, we'll start there. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, like these, This year is going to be different. Uh, we've partnered up, obviously, with the Nation Network, and we're going to be doing things a little bit differently Switching to five shows a week, doing it live on YouTube. Uh, the goal, by the way, is to start it late September, kind of after the uh, the Young Stars tournament there. We're going to hopefully get going right after that. Um, goal is to like be able to do it at 1 o'clock, uh, Monday to Friday, on YouTube, because it kind of makes sense for morning skates. We're going to have that down here at Rogers Arena, then walk right up here and get, get straight onto YouTube pretty much, 1 o'clock, Monday to Friday. See how that kind of goes. Um, as far as like the future of Canucks conversation, it's just kind of been it's been fun to grow uh, and see what happens. You know, we we've worked with some incredible sponsors that help make it uh, got us to a point where we can make this like a full time job, and that's been pretty incredible, uh, like really incredible uh, uh, to be able to do that. And we'll just kind of keep growing from here. I think the ultimate goal is to continue working in media around the Vancouver Canucks for myself. I mean, that's that's kind of the career goal. I, I love doing this job. I love watching the prospects. I think that's something that I do probably like more than anything else. Um, covering this team is great. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't been that good. I think it's going to be interesting to see what it's like covering a team that, you know, is consistently in the playoffs and has a really good team that's, that's a lot of fun every single night. Uh, we haven't really experienced that, but personally, like, I, I, I love covering prospects. I love dealing with that type of thing, and that's been a lot of fun. So definitely keep doing that. But ultimately, as a goal, uh, you don't really know where, where media is going uh, years from now. I know when I first really got into this, like, my ultimate goal was to – uh, host radio like on a Monday to Friday whether it be the drive show afternoon show morning show like that was my ultimate goal when I started all this uh, then I got an opportunity to work at Sportsnet I think that was incredible I got a chance to even host some of those shows during the Monday to Friday as well as the weekend show that we had an absolute blast doing but uh, the way media goes I, I don't know if that's like the thing you know I don't know if I'll be doing radio 25 years down the road from now I'm not sure what radio will even be at that point so Kind of just keeping open to everything. Definitely want to keep working in sports. Definitely want to keep working in hockey, working in Vancouver, those type of things. So that's that's kind of the uh, the personal career goals for myself. Uh, and as for Canucks conversation, yeah, we'll just we'll see where it goes, man. I think podcasts have obviously, you know, it's kind of weird to say now because it's been going on for a handful of years now. But podcasts have kind of taken over a lot of people's listening, what they do while they're driving, walking home from work, even at work now. Um, so it's kind of good to be in a space where we have a podcast that people already like and kind of have a base layer and just kind of grow it from there. See where, see where we can kind of take it. Um, our next one, next question here from at jhar 11. Uh, you have a very important person coming to your house, but you yourself have to cook a meal for them. What are you making for this important person? All right. So I have like two very specialty things that I cook and I, and I know that they're good. They've always been a hit with everyone that I make them for. Uh, the first one, I'll start with the salad. Uh, the salad that I make, it's simple. It's just spinach, 
strawberries, pecans, feta, and a raspberry vinaigrette. Incredible. I, I still only use like a raspberry vinaigrette from the little bottle or whatever. I think it's it's not even that hard to make your own. Uh, so that's kind of like the next step that I want to take. So maybe if I had someone really important, I would try and teach myself how to make the vinaigrette. Obviously, taste it before you give it to this important person. Uh, but that's the salad. It's just a strawberry spinach salad that's just really good. I like a bunch of different textures in there as well. I'm not a, obviously not a big salad person, uh, but this one has done the trick for me when, when you kind of need to go that direction. Uh, but I think like the, the star of the meal would have to be my mashed potatoes. Uh, as, as I talk about a salad first, I'll talk about the mashed potatoes next, that they are uh, definitely not good for you. They're absolutely loaded with cream cheese, loaded with shredded cheese, loaded with sour cream. You just fill it with all the good stuff, uh, and it's absolutely my favorite thing to cook because I, I, I absolutely enjoy Like I, I do love cooking. Like It's something that I really like to do, probably because I like to eat. Um, so I like to cook good food for myself, but like on the plate, if you're looking at it right now, I got the salad, I got the mashed potatoes. I don't really have like a, a, like an abs, like a main piece of the dish there. That's like really good. So like, I, I'd love to be able to learn like a good one, like one meat that kind of sticks out. Like I'd probably go with something just like, like prawn skewers. Like I like making those and making kind of like a lemon, lemon and dill on top of uh prawns. That's probably my go-to. So that would be something that I have to do. And then just, you just chuck a garlic bread, man, throw a garlic bread makes every dinner better. So that would kind of be my go-to meal. So we're looking at prawns, a spinach and strawberry salad, loaded mashed potatoes with cheese, bacon, and all the fixings. Uh, and then on the side, we'd have the garlic bread just over top of everything. So, that's uh, that's my go-to meal that I'd have to have uh, put together. Next question from Marcus and Gibson's at M B R E J A K. Who's the best dressed Abby Canuck? Uh, I think this one's actually pretty easy. I'm gonna go with uh, Noah Juleson. Uh, I think he was always one of the better dressed players coming out uh, for post game availability. These are guys that we kind of dealt with. Uh, so I'll go with the local guy, uh, Noah Juleson. Uh, we got a bunch here from Andy. So let's get to those uh, from Cap Space Wins Cups. Andy, uh, best and worst Gatorade color. So my go to, and uh, my fiance, I actually. On Saturday, she'll be down in the States picking up some more uh, stuff. She goes down there for Trader Joe's and gets some of these exciting things. Always picks me up a few Gatorades. Lately, I've been liking the uh, the Gatorade Fierce, which we, we had in Canada, but it was gone. And that was actually the best flavor of all time, uh, was the Melon Gatorade Fierce. That was the absolute best. It was like a combination, I believe, of of watermelon, cantaloupe, um and and honeydew it was like the three big melons mixed into one flavor that was the best gatorade of all time i don't even think it exists anymore i don't know if it's in canada even anymore or in the united states anymore uh but that was the best i'm liking that one right now the strawberry watermelon uh is very good too she's probably going to pick me up some of those tomorrow which i'm very excited for uh, and then the worst one like the cucumber lime gatorade is is definitely bad um it's an interesting change if you want to mix it up but also i i think i got to throw yellow in there like lemon lime and red maybe it's probably red actually now that i think about it that one is just it's not even like basic it's just not good it doesn't have a good flavor to it it's like a very artificial flavor so i think that's my uh that's my worst one uh next one from andy uh will you ever do another mega episode like back in the og days a six to nine hours long nice episode um you know i thought about it today actually and i was thinking it's off season and like there's not a ton to talk about like i know a lot of them we used to do kind of on big numbers whether it be like 25 or 50 or even like 10 i think was one of the big ones that we did um, and I thought about it for this episode then I was like, well, what are we going to do? Like, are, are people going to really want like nine or, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours of Canucks content when there really isn't a lot to talk about aside from where do you think JT Miller is going to go? What's the trade package going to be like for Miller? Like, uh, let's, let's wait till it happens. And then maybe we can do something big like that. Um, we, we will do some of those down the road. Like I always liked putting those together. I think they were ones that kind of got Canucks conversation on the map as well. Like it was, it was a lot of work to put those together, but it was absolutely worth it. Uh, to whether it be like coordinating, like I, you know, still one of my favorite episodes, probably the favorite episode is the really long, um, Jason Botchford forever. Uh, the Botchford forever one was, you know, that was done like days after we found out the news, like two or three days after, uh, on the Friday. And that was, I think nine people joining us or eight people joining us and still one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do some more down the road eventually. Um, and yeah, I, I, there are a lot of work to put together, but they're absolutely worth it. So we'll definitely do, uh, another one of those down the road. Let's get to always 94. That's Ryan Hank over at the PP1 podcast. New Nickelback. You stoked? 
I don't know. I, I feel like I don't need new Nickelback. I got the old Nickelback to rely on. Like, I'll give it a listen. I remember, like, people got to say, I don't Nickelback released a new song a few years ago. It was like, uh, it was just a, the Devil Went Down to Georgia remix. And I'm like, it wasn't good. It wasn't better than the regular uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. So, like, I after that, I, I'm not super excited. And I, I don't need new Nickelback, man. I got the old stuff. I, I don't need more, you know, to get hyped up. Burn it to the ground's always there. Right, like I, I'm always good for that, so I'm not exactly stoked for the new Nickelback, but I will listen to it. Like I'll absolutely listen to it. Uh, next question here from at Blake underscore Hitch fourteen, waffle cone or cup for your ice cream? So I am a- absolutely a waffle cone guy. I think that that's the best part of like a an ice cream cone has to be a good cone. And I think waffle cone is probably the best one as well. That's a regular here in this house. Uh, whether it be the waffle cones or the sugar cones from uh, Superstore, you just get the basic stuff, nice and cheap, handles it. Uh, but I'm not a cup guy. Like, I wouldn't put it, uh, and I don't know if you're talking about, like, a cup or a bowl in this situation. If you're at home, like, I, I'm always always loaded with uh, with the cones, and that's the direction we're absolutely going to go. Uh, or anywhere out there, yeah, we're going to go with the cone, whether you're on the street or, you know, at a ball game or whatever it is. Uh, your follow-up question there is, and cotton candy ice cream. Yes, absolutely yes to cotton candy ice cream. I personally know that I have horrible taste uh, in ice cream. Like, I know that it's bad, but my two favorite flavors of ice cream uh, are cotton candy and bubble gum. Like, if I'm getting a two-scooper, whether it be from, you know, Baskin-Robbins or whatever other ice cream place it is, like, I'm going with cotton candy and bubble gum. I, I like that uh, that sweeter type of, like, more dessert ice cream, I guess. Not really going to go with, like, I'm not a big chocolate guy, so I know that, like, a lot of ice cream always has chocolate. I will give a shout-out to, uh, to Cow's Ice Cream. Uh, obviously, I think started in uh, Prince Edward Island, but you can get the one up in Whistler there. They got incredible ice cream in so many different flavors. I know they even had like a Nanaimo bar one, so that made me feel good uh, knowing that my city was on the map uh, of cows and their ice cream. So there's a lot of fun ones there. Shout out to cows. They got the uh, the spot up there in Whistler. Just, yeah, awesome stuff. Good cones, uh, quality, quality ice cream up there. I don't know if it's like worth the drive up to Whistler, but it's like, you know, if you're already going to Sunny Chivas and Squamish, you can get the dessert for like another half an hour, 45-minute drive. Like... Might be worth it at that point. So, uh, yeah, those I'm all about the cotton candy ice cream for sure. Uh, let's get to our next question from at sap underscore alien NHL 23 wishlist. So I haven't bought NHL in like two or three years now. We're talking about the video game here for people who don't know. I haven't bought it for a couple of years. Um, switched to a little bit more like FIFA. And, and when the show came to Xbox, that was really exciting the first year. Uh, even NBA was a lot of fun, like during pandemic. Like I couldn't believe how good of a video game, like the NBA 2K series is. Like it, it is so fun. Uh, it's so engaging with like you and your friends to you know go to the neighborhood, play three on three games, play all these different arcade games that are a lot of fun, or, or still just go back to like five on five basketball. NHL just feels like it's so far behind that that I just feel like the the wish list I would have for the next game is to just like really try a bunch of different things because there's so many. So many uh, game types that maybe they put a lot of effort into. Like, I don't know how many people are grinding out the career mode anymore. You know, that feels like a, a thing that's maybe, you know, 10 years old now. Like, I remember playing MLB The Show, like, in, in like, 20, 2012, 2013, it feels like. Uh, and having, like, Road to the Show be the thing back then. And, like, NHL is still just kind of, like, investing a lot of time, it feels like, uh, into, like, a career mode when it just feels now that that like the connection online with your friends and stuff is so important for me when I'm playing a video game that I think NHL needs to kind of explore certain things like that, like make it a fun environment, make there like a neighborhood like there is in 2K. Uh, and maybe you have to like copy some other games and go that direction, but that's a big one. Cross-platform sounds like it's coming, so I don't think that's a big deal. Uh, I always personally like enjoy a little bit of franchise mode, but it feels... Uh, like the GM connected years ago was obviously, I think that's the one that kind of always gets brought up, but being able to like run a franchise in a league against your friends, almost in like a different way from fantasy, right? Cause this is kind of like you're playing the game. You could play other teams, like some sort of way to kind of create that would be really cool where you're trading with teams. You're, you know, maybe you're a team that needs to rebuild and draft these high end players, like connect it with the upcoming draft classes and make fun with that. Like, it just feels like there would be so many options. I don't understand sometimes how these video games like don't have everybody in a room like coming up with good ideas because I think a lot of people in the community of these sports sporting games like they have great ideas for the game. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see them kind of explore into that. I just I, it feels like NHL the last few years has just been 
you know, the same game with new player updates. So a um, lot of things on the wish list, I guess, there for, uh, for NHL. So uh, we'll move on to our next question here. Another one from Andy, but I like this one. We got to get this one in. Andy uh, came through with a lot of questions. Uh, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, rank them. And I had to follow up because I think this uh, this gives a different ranking for both. If you're talking about like the average blueberry versus the average strawberry, or are we talking about like a berry at its best? Because like if we're talking about a berry at its absolute best, like those big, huge blackberries, I don't know. You don't get them on like the, you know, the side of the road bushes. Like these are the ones that you like, you see at a wedding, right? Like somebody at the wedding has paid for the the extremely large juicy blackberries. I think that blackberries might be the best when the berry is at it at its best. But Andy asked about the average of these berries. So I would go number one. I'd have to go strawberry. I think because raspberry has, has like a better flavor, but because of the seeds, I'm going to give it to strawberries. Cause like just the average strawberry is always pretty straightforward, pretty good. Uh, and then raspberries I'd put Number two, because I think just averages out, you you know, the, the regular one that you get in the store is fine. Uh, blackberries, like I said, if you get a really good blackberry, it is the best. Uh, but an average blackberry, just like picking it off a bush, you know, like I remember growing up and, you know, be, being sent outside to go pick one of the ice cream tubs of, uh, of blackberries. We weren't allowed to like come back in and play video games until that was done when we were a kid uh, picking those for my mom. So like going out those average blackberries, like they're probably coming in at number three. And then blueberries, like, I just feel like the, if we're talking average, right? So you have to, like, kind of talk about, you know, in a basket, you get some good ones, you get some bad ones. I just don't think out of these four berries, the worst one to me, like, if you get a bad blueberry, like, it can ruin your whole, your whole bowl. Like, one really bad blueberry, I think, can just ruin the whole bowl. So I'm going to put blueberries in at number four on my, uh, on my berry power rankings. All right, next question comes from Harp Sama, which I've never actually said the name out loud. So let me know if it's Harp Sama or Harp Sama. Uh, his question is, what did the goalie ever do to you? I, I just, I, I never like, never had an ounce of me that wanted to be the goalie. Like I always wanted to be the goal scorer. Um, that's kind of the way that I just operated like playing sports. You want to be the one scoring goals, never wanted to really be the goalie. So I've just always been kind of against uh, goalies. I wanted to always be the one that was beating goalies. Um, so, so yeah, it's not like a goalie has ever hurt me. I'm sure they have at certain times making saves on me, but like, I just never wanted to be a goalie. I always wanted to do the opposite of what a goalie does. So, um, that's kind of why I just, I don't know. I never really am appealed like by the position of goaltenders. All right. Our next question comes from at Laura 24 fan with the team. We have signed now. Do the Canucks have a chance at making the playoffs this year? Yeah, I mean, they've made improvements to the roster. This is a better team this year than it was to end the season last year. They have a full season of Bruce Boudreaux, who obviously made a big impact on the team, made a big impact on certain players. Uh, and I do have higher expectations for this season than I do of last season. The The problem is, I think the Canucks, though they were, what, a 94-point team last year? Um are they going to be able to stay at the pace that Bruce Boudreaux had them at? I don't know. Like I, I'm not hundred percent certain of that. I think that there's a possibility and there's always things that surprise us in the NHL every year, as much as we want to talk about here in the off season or what we'll do in the preseason about ranking everyone. And, you know, looking at the Calgary flames and them signing Nazem Kadri, like that's all been something that we kind of want to lock in. Like we're saying, you know, it, it feels like to us that the Kings and Oilers and, uh, and flames are going to be the teams winning the Pacific again this year. Like that's what it feels like, but there's always things that change in the year. It's just kind of depending on where the team gets the bounces the right way, which team gets a little bit lucky throughout the season. And the Vancouver Canucks could very much be that team in the Western conference. Do I think that they're a team that's going to finish in the top, you know, top three of the conference? Probably not. Like they're probably not there. They, there's still a lot that needs to be done on the back end, and and whatever happens with JT Miller here is obviously going to change basically the strength of this team. And I think a lot of people look at that uh, and the JT Miller trade and say like, hey, if they trade JT Miller, are they like giving up on the playoffs? But it's like the the return that you should get for JT Miller, though it makes your team worse. I think in the end, don't get me wrong, it does make your team worse probably with the return that you get. But at the same time, like you probably are getting some roster pieces back that can help you kind of mend the wounds for now, even though the JT Miller trade should be something that helps you down the road. Like that, that first round pick that you get in that trade 
will help you down the road. The younger player that you have, it might be playing in your lineup right now. He's obviously not going to be the type of player that JT Miller is. And he probably won't be the type of player that JT Miller, you know, he probably won't even become that. Like, he won't become a JT Miller. I don't think that's the player that you're getting in a trade. But he's a player who's probably going to be an NHL player in your lineup as a depth piece moving forward. And you're hoping that you can kind of find a similar player or at least someone who can contribute at a high level, kind of I'm hoping on your back end uh, with that first round pick that you end up picking up in a JT Miller trade. So I, I do think they absolutely have a chance of making the playoffs this year. Like I either way, like if you're giving me 50, 50 odds, I probably, you know, I'm optimistic about this team, right? I'm optimistic about what Bruce Boudreaux does as a head coach. Uh, all this guy does is get teams into the playoffs. That, that's what he always does, right? That's what Bruce Boudreaux does with teams. He has enough skill here where you feel decently confident in saying that he can do that. The Pacific has obviously changed, and I think watching it develop now with you know the LA Kings getting stronger and being able to add a Fiala and be a stronger team, or the way the Flames are working, or what's going on in Edmonton with their top stars, like the Pacific's not easy. That's for sure. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like as much as people were kind of dumping on it last year. It doesn't feel that way going into this season. Um, it feels a little bit different. It feels a little bit stronger, but the Canucks are also feeling a little bit stronger with their roster. So yeah, I think they absolutely do uh, have a chance of making the playoffs this year. So um, let's hope for that. I, I know I'm an optimistic guy when it comes to this team, but uh, I, I do feel, I feel like this team has enough to at least get into the playoffs. Where do they go from there? It's the playoffs, man. I know that uh, you know some people will say that anything can't happen. Um, I think the Canucks have enough on their roster that things could happen if they get there. I don't think they're going to be winning the Cup this season, uh, even though I've put some money down on them doing that. Uh, but uh, I think they could get to the playoffs, absolutely. And I think that would be fun, even if we're talking about one round or two rounds. I think that's fun, and I think that's a good spot for this core to be in right now. Obviously, you'd like to see a little bit earlier if this team was built different. But at the same time, still optimistic about it. I'm still optimistic about this team getting uh, a little bit more kind of feel of what the playoffs are like. Uh, getting guys like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, Thatcher Demko, more playoff games is a big thing. So if they can get that this year, I think that's a big win in the right direction. And then if you can do that while also moving into the future with decent return for JT Miller, like you're talking about a team that uh, probably isn't competing for a Stanley Cup this year, but man, you can start to build your spot to look two, three, four years down the road and be able to try and get it to that spot. All right, that, uh, that's our final question there for the mailbag. Quickly, just want to uh, to wrap it up with a little bit of talk from the World Juniors about the prospects here. Uh, we just watched uh, the end of the Finland and Sweden game. Yanni Yermo was taking on Jonathan Lekaramaki. Lekaramaki looked like he got banged up a little bit, uh, ended up not really finishing the game. I think only two minutes of ice time in the third period. Looked like he took a hit on the boards that maybe looked like something like a groin or something in the leg, just the way that he was hit a little bit differently, and he skated right to the bench. Not like looking like he was injured, but he skated right to the bench after taking that hit. Um, no matter the case, Finland ends up moving on to the gold medal match. Yanni Yermo, I didn't think, had a great game. Like he had, you know, he's, he's still doing the things that you like. You like to see the skating, you like to see the size, the breakouts, even the passes from him. They're all pretty good. Um, but it, it just, he had a couple of pretty bad flubs as well. So, but he'll, you know, he's getting a chance to play Canada again, uh, playing the gold medal match against Canada. That's going to be fun. I'm excited to see what Yanni Irmo looks like at that point. Uh, we're also getting some overseas play as well. I watched another game of Jonathan Myrenberg. He was a little bit quieter in this one, um, and they, they got blown out like 6-2 or something, so he wasn't very uh, impactful in the game. Uh, I did also see that Elias Pettersson, the defenseman, I know he was kind of banged up at development camp a little bit, was curious when he was going to be kind of back in action. Seems like no problem. I saw that he was the uh, he was actually kind of, it, because of his exhibition, he was on the fourth pairing of his SHL team. Uh, which is nice to see, right? Kid just drafted, still very young. He was on the fourth pairing in the SHL. Very good spot to be in for him. Um, he's going to continue to develop over there with Orebro. Uh, we'll get Disto to correct me on the uh, pronunciation there. Orebro, let me know about that. Orebro, I think that's what it is. Orebro. Uh, but he's playing for them in the SHL. And like I said, fourth pairing guy to start the season as a young teenager. Let's see what happens. Kid was just drafted. Uh, we'll see what happens with Elias Pettersson over there in the SHL. Uh, so we'll wrap it up there. Uh, you're going to get a gold medal match with uh, Yanni Yermo taking on Canada. You're going to get the bronze medal match of Jonathan LeCaramacki, hopefully, as long as he's not banged up too much. Uh, and they're going to be playing Czechia. That's going to be another good game right there. So we'll wrap things up there. Hopefully this mailbag was okay for you. I'll be 100% honest. This was pretty damn tough. We're at 55 minutes right now. Uh, and I don't think I've had this much of a struggle getting through a podcast. So, yes, to answer Quads' question earlier, I do miss him. I miss him a lot now. I'll say it out loud. 
Uh, quads will be back next week. We'll be back here with an episode on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll wait for a little bit of news, something to talk about, but we'll definitely hear about quads vacation on the next episode of the show. Uh, and hopefully something comes down the pipe. I know obviously with the cadre signing, it kind of really opens up the door for the Canucks and the Islanders to have some conversations again, you know, watching Lou Lamorello not be able to land anybody. I think at this point, like did I see that the other day on Twitter? You can correct me if I'm wrong. Someone here, but Zero signings, I believe, for the Islanders up to this point in free agent. Like, zero. Zero free agent signings. So, it, it's really just, it makes a lot of sense right now for that JT Miller deal to get back, you know, get some feet behind it, get some uh, some talk going between these two teams and see if they can land something. I don't know if they get Dobson out of it. If they do, I don't really care what the rest of the trade even looks like. Like, getting Dobson enough is is massive for this Canucks team. He's a player that they would absolutely love to see in the lineup for them. I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think, well, I'm pretty confident that Canucks need to add to get Dobson. Um, I think Huglander's name is something that uh, could be an interesting one to float out there. But also, if you're moving on from Miller, do you want to have Huglander to be able to guy that rounds out your top nine? I guess so. But then you have to give something to get a player like Dobson. So we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, we have something happen uh, with this Canucks team moving forward. Otherwise, we'll be chatting about prospects. We'll be chatting about the World Juniors, chatting about a bunch of other stuff uh, when we get back to the show next week. Uh, quads will be back. Hopefully, had a good vacation. I don't know if you've been able to hear it, but the killers are cranking up right now uh, at Rogers Arena and I had to open up a window because it was getting hot in here so we'll wrap things up now I'm going to grab a water turn on the AC uh, and cool down a little bit hopefully you stayed through for this episode I promise they'll get better next week when they're not solo but we'll wrap things up right there episode 289 my name is Chris Faber and thank you for listening to another episode of the Canucks conversation thanks for listening to Canucks conversation delivered by DoorDash hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?